Hi there, and welcome back. Uh, once again, you're listening to uh, John T. Delamater. And uh, I, I started to tell you about this big fella that I was arresting on a warrant at some time. Oh, gosh, what a challenge. Um, Size-wise, he could have squashed me like a bug, as I said. I tried to handcuff him. Uh, the handcuffs would not fit on his wrist the traditional way. So I had to uh, improvise to get him in cuffs. And fortunately, he was like a gentle giant, uh, very cooperative, and so forth and so on. And uh, this guy, big, gentle, cooperative, he uh, would later sort out the matter. It wasn't a serious warrant uh, charge, but um, he knew that what he had to do is just to handle it the proper way. And uh, obviously he had common sense and he did so. He uh, took it to the next step beyond what I had to do after I got him into the city jail. And um, of course, then he went free. Uh, foolish, foolish are the people that uh, decide to resist arrest. I, I, I can't even talk about how foolish and, well, I'll, I'll say it, they're stupid. Uh, people that resist arrest, they're, they're really acting stupid. And it's a very, very dangerous thing, and that's where certainly people have gotten hurt and killed over matters like this. Uh, summarizing, once again on that topic, never resist arrest. Follow police instructions. Be polite and cooperative, even if you disagree with the arrest. You will have time later to deal with that. Again, never resist. Occasionally, there's that false arrest. Uh, if that's the case, uh, then you may have a claim if it's actually a false arrest. But don't take it out on the officer on the scene. Cooperate fully. Now, let me break this up with a little levity for a few minutes. Uh, I think you're going to like this one. As you know, most people, it ties into the, uh, the arrest uh cooperating with police and so forth, but uh, this comes to mind. As you know, most people are gifted in some ways or ways sometimes unbeknownst to them. All too often our gifts are yet to be utilized and they are just waiting for us to uh, give the green light so they can surface. You know, you may have some hidden talents uh, still to be developed. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Someone very close to my wife and I was gifted in a number of ways. Uh, uh, one being she had a shapely woman, womanly form. Uh, what value you'd put on that, that's up to you. And uh, seldom did she have any weight challenges. Uh, you know, one of those lucky ones, unlike so many of us. She just <laughs> never seemed to have a weight problem. So very, very fortunate. Well, one fine day, she happened to park her car in a spot on the side of her house for a certain reason, something she had never done before. I think it was the next day uh, she went out to her driveway to leave her house and saw her car was missing. Shocked, devastated. Someone stole my car. I could see her saying it now. Uh, she called the police. Um, took, they took a stolen car report. And uh, this uh, report, of course, goes into the police computerized database nationwide. But good news. Later that day, her stolen car was found uh, by her, of course. Oh, you got to love her. So... Back behind the wheel, she was happy well into the days that followed. Uh, she had her car back, no big deal. Now, one fine day, she decided to go to the ocean beach by herself, knowing she was not going to stop anywhere, and it was but a, oh, maybe a 20-minute drive or so. She decided to drive in her bathing suit, uh, ready to hit the sand, no changing, ready to relax. She had the privacy of her car. So no problem wearing uh, just the skimpy little piece of attire she had that she called a bathing suit. I guess probably you'd call it a bikini or something less than a bikini. I'm not sure. So off she went. Living perhaps uh, 20 minutes or so from the ocean off uh, Charleston, South Carolina, 
It would be an eventful, uh, relaxing day, or so she thought. Now, this woman would want to kill me if I ever identified her, so I won't. But I will say it was my sister-in-law. <laughs> uh, I can see her now, uh, missiles flying from South Carolina to Arizona. But I didn't identify her. I just said it was my sister-in-law. So about halfway to the beach or so, this unidentified woman, my sister-in-law, heard a loud siren behind her. It was one of Charleston's finest, lighting her up with emergency lights, demanding she stop. And of course she did so. But we're not talking the typical police stop where the police officer walks up to the car window to talk to the driver. This is what we call a felony stop. These are done in more dangerous uh, vehicle stops where a person within the vehicle is believed to have possibly committed a felony crime. Here, the officer obviously entered her license plate in his computer and the car came back as stolen. At this point, backup police officers would respond whenever possible uh, to aid the officer making the stop, or they'd show up as soon as possible after the stop. I can just picture it, as I've been there many times as a police officer in these situations. Guns aimed at the car. Driver, turn off your engine and follow my instructions. Uh, the command would likely go right away. One by one, the driver and or the passengers are given commands of what to do. Uh, and in time, uh, the person has gotten out of the car in a controlled way. So this would be a felony stop, forever emblazoned in a poor officer's mind, uh, for sure, in this particular case. <laughs> you can just imagine. Once out of the car, the blonde-haired, skibbly-dressed suspect was ordered to the back of her car. Her car was checked for possible passengers, none, of course, in this case. As the suspect... <laughs> would later share with my wife and I, the officer closest to her said something like, I guess there's no need to search you uh, from what I can see. And uh, needless to say, he didn't have to do a search. Normally, of course, he would pat down the person's clothing for a weapon. And uh, you understand a typical frisk. Well, the matter was cleared up when it was confirmed she was the owner of the car and uh, one who never notified police she found her car. Uh, onward beach goer, uh, lesson here, cancel the police report. If you, if you ever report your car stolen, cancel the police report. Dress adequately for a drive. Never know if you're going to break down of a flat tire or whatever and cooperate fully with police orders. So anyway, uh, just a little personal story close to home. To, <coughs> excuse me, to the many good and sensible black Americans, I ask that you trust me as I am fully in line with the 32 names and others just like them. I submit to you, white America, most think as I do. We do not judge people based on skin color, rather their actions. And know that in my opinion, uh, it's not just based on my life experience, which are vast, but unprovable facts such as those I spoke of minutes ago. No, I appeal to your honesty, logic, and common sense. And uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just asking you to be honest, be logical, and use your common sense when you think about all we're talking about this particular uh, time. Know this, I believe wholeheartedly Martin Luther King was a great man, a great man. Perfect? No, but no man is. Look at what he did. Look at his views, his bravery, bravery, his godliness, his true godliness, unlike some who would years later try to emulate him, those shown to be self-serving and dishonest to the core. Dr. King was accomplished, sincere, brave, a godly man, undeniable. He was a hero to blacks and whites as well. 
So here's a genuine person that uh, many blacks, many whites uh, do revere. And uh, the, those that tried to be like him or whatever, uh, most, in my opinion, fall far short, for sure. And uh, remember, he was for he was for uh, peace. He was not for uh, for violence. Uh, he talked against violence. And keep that in mind. So here's a great man, and deservingly so. Just about two years back, my wife and I were invited to a retirement party for a woman she used to work with. At the party, we're easily uh, the minority race. Um, the great majority of the people there were from India, all now Americans. Um, these people, everyone I met that day, had middle-class values, values most Americans share. Work hard, learn, invest, short-term savings, long-term savings, <clears throat> plan and work for your future, uh, not live for the present day. Difference between us? Sure. The differences uh, between their race and mine, subculture perhaps, of course, there are uh, religion, of course. Differences? So what? This is America, the land of the free, free to be ourselves. So I, for one, like talking to and interacting with people from all walks of life, because at times I find people different from myself uh, quite interesting. I found over time that what we can learn about others is invaluable regarding our own personal education. This is something you cannot put a price on. I, too, believe that most middle-class Americans share this view. In a moment, I'm going to pick up uh, the segment, and uh, we're getting near the end of it, but uh, I'd like to tie in a few more things with you. And so, therefore, we'll take a little break, and I'll be back here in just a few moments. And uh, until then, uh, enjoy, and do come back. Back shortly. Bye now. <laughs> 